Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome to the show, everyone. I can't resist a pun, so hopefully you'll find today electrifying. I have Michael Barilero with me, who is the owner and operator of PWPC Electrical Services. He is a second-generation electrician and took over from his father back in 2013. He is well-versed in many aspects of the electrical trade, but really enjoys the renovation aspects of it, uh, both in the commercial and the residential sectors. He takes pride in building relationships with his clients and on a foundation of trust and bringing value to every project. Um, I can attest to that because Michael is our uh, electrician that we use the majority of the time, if not all. Um, and he's always happy to help, um, finds that clients really appreciate his input and that many clients do actually become repeat clients, not because of faulty workmanship, but because they often have more projects they want him to help them with. Um, so welcome and thanks for joining me on the All Things Renovation podcast, Mike. Thank you, Brandy. Pleasure to be here. All right, so let's jump in. First things right. first. When we're gonna be doing a reno, oftentimes we have to determine if we have enough service to the house. And many of our old houses don't. Uh, so what do we what do we look for initially? And then how do we go about doing the upgrades and what's involved in that, like around like load calculations and maybe I yeah. like hot tubs and air conditioners and all kinds of things. So let's just start with how do we know if we have enough power? That's that's the biggest thing. You gotta know what is uh what's what are you asking asking your house to do, what's what what's what's the requirements. Um a lot of times the secondary suites, if you're doing secondary suites. You want to, you know, put a, a mortgage helper in the basement. Um, uh, a lot of times, you know, you have to figure out what you're going to do for heating. If you're going to um, uh, have electric uh, stove, heaters. yeah, baseboard, baseboard heaters, electric stove. You're adding another stove, another washer dryer. So those are little things, and they're not; those are not huge. Especially electric heat is 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 something you to consider. Um, but then, you know, a lot of people want to put, okay, I want a AC unit outside or you know, um, if you want to have some kind of hot tub, um, all, all these kind of things are, are, are things we have to um, take into account, uh, especially with the electric vehicle chargers, if you want to have one for yourself or with a tenant or shared. Um, so a, a lot of stuff, you you got to know what we need. And it's, it's really determined by the size of your house and the equipment in it. Um, and then there's a magical calculation. And <laughs> You figure out how many watts is demand, uh, and then uh, and then we see where we are. So you're, you're surprised how much a hundred amp could 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 uh, draw out, but uh, uh, mostly we're looking at 150 to 200 amps uh, generally for anything. Yeah, so for more more modern house. I mean, we've been in houses that have only 60 amp service. Oh yeah, well any, anything anything under 100 is 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 problematic for insurance purposes. Mm. Uh, they it used to be a minimum. Um, 100 amps, they kind of like to see 125 now, um, just because of that, it gives you that little bit of, of extra, just in case you want to put an AC unit in. Um, if, you, if, you're, if you're a single house, you know, AC unit, EV charger, um, fairly, you know, fair size house, you need up the uh, secondary suite, you're going to heat up the, the 100 amps, no problem. 
um, by code. And then, so you're, you're looking at bumping up to 200, right? So. And generally in order to, to upgrade your service, you need to go right from the street or the pole mm -hmm. and most likely update your panel or put in a sub panel. Yeah. Well, if you're doing a new service, it's it's typically a new panel because um, the panels jump from 100 to 200, right? So that's the ratings, 125 to 225. Um, so yeah, you're looking at new cables coming from the street, which is hydro or under underground, which is hydro's responsibility. Um, and then you're looking at you know uh, larger panels, heavier gauge panels, uh, you know. Um, there's way, there's lots of ways of doing it. Uh, I prefer to do a, a, take out the old panel and then put the new a new panel in, bring all your circuits in. So you have, you know, I, I, I personally don't like multiple panels unless you have to. Um, but uh, I like one consolidated panel and then and then you're gone. Is, you're is gone. there is there a, a a downside to having multiple panels or you just like it to be look cleaner? Well, uh, uh, yeah, like you, it, it takes up space, right? So you're you're limited on how far away from your meter you can put in, uh, put the cable unprotected. So if you want, uh, you know, there's 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 always tricks around um, to do things. Like if you wanted to put uh, a combination meter base outside, which it has, it has a breaker built into it, that's your service. And then from there, you could go anywhere in the house. Um, but typically it's, you only have five foot of cable allowed um, between the meter and your panel. and and that's what you you have to work with, right? Mm. Uh, and then from there, uh, especially these older houses, sometimes you know their service is in in the kitchen or in the living room, which is not the best. Um, yeah. you know, but you know that's the way it was, right? Well, depending on how extensive a renovation we're doing, exactly. Uh, yeah. At that point, we can start moving things around a little more easily. But if we're trying to maintain, yeah. um, just you know, not having to tear apart walls and all that kind of stuff. Oftentimes we just need to put it back where it, it was. Yeah, you got to be mindful of, of the cost as well, right? Because, you know, like there's my cost and then there's like, okay, well now I got to, uh, I have to open up some drywall that has to get repaired. And if you do an overhead line, you have to bolt through. If you do an underground, you might have to, you know, remove some siding to make, to make some, um, the, the meter base bigger. So there's, a, there's lots of stuff to try to mitigate, mitigate but, you know, it's, you know, it's not, not as clean as it always can be, but we, you know, we always try to make sure that, you know, we try to make sure the damage is minimal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And ultimately, I mean, like, I don't know that I would say we're necessarily becoming more and more greedy with our power, but we definitely have a lot more demand on it. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, um, I, I think even just the modern kitchen alone, um, you take up eight to 12 circuits uh, easily um, just for counter plugs and microwave fish, uh, your fridge, you know, um, range, over the counter range, uh, dishwasher, you know, people okay. want carburetors, gar which are kind of in and out now. Um, then you, you like steam ovens and people want, you know, wall up, like it just, it adds up. And then you're like, oh, okay, well there's like, you know, now your, your panel is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And <laughs> Go the rest of the house, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, we're talking about old houses here. So I know they, I mean, there's a whole bunch of issues around old houses with everything. And electrical is is no stranger to that. So I'm thinking um, knob and tube and aluminum. Like, for those who don't know I me, mean, like, what's the big deal around these two items? And I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. But do you know 
um, the date range of when they were typically used in the past? I know like aluminum was kind of like in the 60s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, the aluminum was like a bridge gap. I think it was from the late 50s to 70s, I believe around that time. Nobbin tubing was to about the 40s. Um, they were still using it. Um, and then the copper, you know, then we have ungrounded, we have copper ungrounded systems that are like, you know, um, two wire, but in cable, but without a ground. So there's, there's, there's a, there's a hybrid of mix between to where we are right now. Um, but a lot like aluminum came in because just as, as anyone knows right now, the copper prices are insane. So that there, there's ways to try to, 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 to make it cheaper. And, um, but the aluminum is very, very brittle, like, and, uh, and standalone by itself, it will okay. But the problem was in the future when people were mixing copper and aluminum because they are two different metals. And if you know anything about the similar metals, they have different properties. They expand patrimonially. And uh, um, when they're mixing in, because amps is just heat really. Um, and so you have failed connection points, right? So that's where, where things are happening. Things were opening, and uh, you have little fires. Like I remember doing a little bit of connections, corrections in a place in Surrey, and you open up, and the, luckily the box is like fire. The box, fire, is, fire. Huh? <laughs> the box no, is back. There was there was no insulation left, so we're like, we have to rewire part of your house because there's nothing. Like it's it's gone past the box, and you're lucky it didn't burn down. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's um, it's still by code still allowed to have it um it's just how you deal with it right so it's uh there's you can't just throw any like the, your receptacle like your decor receptacle that you have if you have aluminum wiring you can't just put it on there because that that receptacle is not rated for aluminum you have to convert your pigtails to copper um and there's a special method that's not really special it's just a proper uh connection points um method to to make that safe yeah is that the those uh what they're purple morettes or something yeah um uh aluminum and copper rated uh there's there's a there's a a name for it but it's this in mind but yeah it's a it's a aluminum rated um wire nuts right yeah all right and then i mean with the knob and tube i mean what's the big deal around that for those people who don't know well knob and tubing is essentially it was it was it was a way of doing it you have like one line coming down and you like branch off and you like solder it you you do a, a connection point tape it up and then you go off and so you'd have uh you know you have one wire going this way one wire going the other way and they'll meet somewhere over um, throughout the house um again you know the problem is balancing your circuits if you want to tap on it you have to make sure you're on the right neutral for your path to come back um again it's ungrounded which you know um it causes a safety concern and we want to pack the ground that's you know uh, that's why we have the third wire in there um can't rely on the neutral because if that goes away um then you're just you have a hot right so the, the ground wire in your cable but it, it's your bond we call it but it's it's the ground um it's just a safety measure it's an extra safety measure to make sure that if there's an issue it, instead of having a, a live uh, uh unit or a live conductor it it'll short out the, the, the circuit breaker. Right, okay, so let's let's just back up like two seconds. Sure. And for those who don't know anything about wiring, let's just do okay. a quick like, 
two or three things about like wiring 101. So all these terms you're flying around with, like I am, I am so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Just explain. So for those for those people who are listening who have know nothing about electrical, like just maybe okay. give us the Coles notes on it. On uh, we're going to aluminum. Uh, no, just like you know the basics, like you know the neutral and the hot. Like you're talking hot. Oh, okay, it? so like like basic circuitry. You need it, like you know um, you'll need a path. You have a, a, a potential with voltage, resistive load, a light bulb, whatever, and then the, what it draws is your amps, right? So the energy that is in and, and then. The energy that is consumed is watts, but that's that's essentially the, the base of it. Um, and so we need a path to ground, which is your return cable, which is your white cable. If you look at a cable, it's your white um, conductor, which is your grounded conductor. So it goes back and it carries current all the time. And since we're in, a, in an alternating current, it actually goes back and forth from the ground to the line and back. But for, for simplicity, it just goes one way. Um, and so what happens is if there's a break and, or there's a fault, we want to make sure that the current doesn't go to you. We want to go straight to ground. So that's why the, the, essentially we have that, that, that bare copper wire in there. And then your circuit breaker, 15 amp, 20 amp is the limits of how many amps that conductor can uh, is on that circuit. So like, you know, you size the conductor for the for the circuit breaker, and the sole purpose of the circuit breaker is to protect the the, the wire. That's that's it. That's all that it wants to do, right? So so, and, so when we, and when we overload it, that's when we know our circuit breaks or the the, the break yeah. snaps the wrong way, and all of a sudden we have no power somewhere. And we've got yeah, that's because it, it's, it's, it's it's either a a short or fault, which is for safety wise, like something's wrong with the equipment or with the line, or you're drawing too much amps for that conductor. Um, so they wanna they wanna cut off the power so you don't damage the wire, right? Because yep. damaging the wire is expensive because you don't like just think about a, a hundred foot run in your house up and down and around. Where's the break? Where are you gonna find it, right? So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Behind the wall somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Start start getting the, the saw out, right? So yeah. Right. So I mean typically we we remove all knob and tube wiring. Yeah, by code you're supposed to. If it's exposed, um, you're you're required as as a, as an electrician to get rid of it as much as as as, as feasible. As, as they say, you know, feasible yeah. possible. With, For the most part, you you might want to get rid of it as much as 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 much or if all you can, right? Yeah, and it. I mean, and then with aluminum, I mean, you can still kind of work with it, but you know, it's yeah, it's if, not if, ideal. If you, you wouldn't can, want to like put it in your house to begin with. I would, if like my personal preference, if you can get rid of it get rid of it but if you if you can use if you have to use it which you know these some of these houses in the 70s there's lots of houses in the 70s well um, lots of condos too condos yeah uh and uh you know just be mindful and do the proper connection methods and typically they sh like a system shouldn't like electrical system or a wire shouldn't be touched by someone who's not an electrician um, so if it's, you know, leave well enough alone, as they say, uh, <laughs> it, sh it should be fine. But, you know, with anything, even with new, new builds, there's always some kind of thing, but, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm confident about if there's aluminum wiring in there, um, and it's in good condition, you can see, you know, it's not, it's the insulation's not torn it's up or, or whatever. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm comfortable with it, but once it starts showing signs of overheating and all that stuff, then I definitely want to replace it. Excellent. 
All right, so now I want to touch on one of my favorite things, um, which are remote three-way switches. Mm -hmm. I love these things. They are like the best solution for getting a three-way switch in a finished area already. Yeah. And um, maybe just explain to everybody like why they're awesome and if there's any limitations around them. Uh, Limitation-wise, uh, yeah, okay. So essentially what, what, we're, what you're talking about is um, there's a Lutron, which is a manufacturer, has a really cool device. It's a wireless switch. Other manufacturers have um, something similar, but Lutron, I think, personally, is the is the best for this kind of thing. Um, the situation is that you have a, yeah, let's say you have a switch um, in the kitchen and uh, you have French doors on the other side, but there's no way it could, you know, you have to go walk a whole cross kitchen to turn, to turn the lights or whatever, right? So you you could buy a device, it's just a switch. Um, it comes in dimming or non-dimming, and then you wire it to your switch there, and then you have a remote that works on a like a Bluetooth. Yeah, so basically you, you just swap out your existing um, yeah. switch, and then you have this like little remote piece that you can put anywhere in the room. And, and, it, and it's the same size as a, as a, as a, as a Decora switch, so you could, you could make it look, put a, a face plate around it. Face plate around it, exactly. And make it look like it's part of it. And then, uh, you know, it's a little different, but it does the job. And then, you know, you're coming from the patio, you could turn it on and off you go, right? And then a lot of these things can be worked in with smart system homes. Um, you know, you, you need like hubs and all that stuff, but you can, you can work it in there. Um, but standalone system, it's a great, yeah. Great thing is, is you know, I, I, I discovered them because I forgot uh, a three-way and I was like, oh, no. So <laughs> and the, the Homer's like, oh, that's fine. I'm like, All right, perfect. Yeah, no, I, I love these things. I mean, it's yeah, great it, for it, people it, who don't want to rip open a ton of drywall and run extra. Uh, just it's it's the bee's knees as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, even even if uh, in, a, in a garage, I said the garage is close to the house, a detached garage, and you want to turn on the light switch from there um and you know sometimes in the house or whatever so yeah. i guess from a from a limitation standpoint from a distance um how far can you get from the existing switch to the remote location i think it's 30 feet 30 or 50 feet depends on what's in front of it um but you'd have to just double check on the on the specs but you know 30 feet is a long long way that's for, a pretty far away so you can yeah you can so yeah, you can probably do it, right? So uh, I did one in New West. The guy wanted to control his garage from his bedroom, and it was a good insight. So we we did it for him. It was it was it was simple. Yeah, beautiful. So I I wanted to share that with with all the listeners because it's one of my, no, no, no. my yeah, favorite yeah. things. Yeah. Now, something that we collectively, you and I, and you know anybody who's in the renovation space, we get asked a lot about is how many pot lights do I put, say, like in my kitchen? Like, is there a rule of thumb? And, you know, for those who don't know, like a uh, pot light will have a more columnized sort of light um, uh, cascade. And yeah. if you have like a ceiling mounted light, it will often reflect up and then there'll be a diffusion of light sort of in a broader uh, circumference. So oftentimes we need far more pot lights than we would if we just had a ceiling mounted light. So is there a rule of thumb for how many we need in a kitchen? There, there, there is, um, you know, I'm going to say this. We have to see what type of pot light you're doing because if you use like the, the newer the flat panel ones that are fairly common right now, they have a really wide 
bean spread. So they do spread out quite a bit. Um, but essentially what you think you, you need, probably add another two, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and you probably want them no more than four feet apart in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the hallways and all stuff, you could spread them out five, five, four to five, you know, depending on the size, maybe six, if you want to stretch it, if you don't need too much, it's just, but in the kitchen, you, sometimes you really need the light in there. If you want to, if you're entertaining or you're cooking or some people are older, when they get older, they can't see very well and they're reading books. You want to get that light um, uh, up and going, right? Yeah. And you, t- you touched on it in that answer and that there there's a range in, of options that you can potentially choose from for oh, yeah. pot lights. You've got like these LED flat ones. You, there's the housed, the insulated, the non-insulated. You can get gimbaled ones. You can get ones that are more recessed. Yeah. Um, and ultimately there's, there's applications for them all. Um, and I quite like the gimbaled ones, especially if you're trying to highlight some art on a wall or something along that line, because you can really direct it to wherever you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just touch quickly on um, housed, insulated, non-insulated. Well, no, uh, insulated would be um, insulated IC. There's two types. There's insulated and insulated IC. Uh, and insulated means it could be put directly in contact with your insulation in the ceiling, right? Uh, insulation IC, IC rating means it's airtight as well. So you can use vapor barrier and all that stuff. Because uh, for instance, if you wanted to, in between uh, first floor, second floor, and you want soundproofing, so you put the Stevens sound in there, well, now you need insulated rated right. pot lights, right? Because they're, they'll be in, 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 uh, in contact. But on, upstairs, um, you're doing vapor barrier and all that stuff, so you need IC rating as well, which is airtighting. Um, yeah. to maintain which is what, you know, the, the code we're all going towards basically passive house standard, and that means everything is all sealed. So that's when you- Yeah, those, those and, and a lot of these LED ones, because they're so low wattage, a lot, not a lot of heat, and that's really a, a little, our job is control heat as well. Like everything, like uh, amps is heat. Um, is to uh, those things are so the, the newer LEDs are so low wattage. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So they're they're rated for direct. A lot of them are rated for direct um, contact okay. and are are with the gasket has IC rating. So the the they, uh, the technology in the last ten years, or yeah, it's been crazy. Like a lot, everything's LED. Yeah, well, and then everything is like being smart done. Oh as yeah, well. there's tuning oh, in. Like I think that that's a whole other show. But... Yeah, there's there there there's stuff just for bells and whistles that the you know fundamentally you don't need them, but it's it sometimes it's fun to have. Like like fill up hue lamps that change colors with your phone. You, you want it <laughs> like I have them in my place, and I'm watching a movie. I'll put like a green light or a blue light or a black light, and just kind of like chill out. And then, yeah. <laughs> My kids like it. My kids like it, and, I, and my wife not so much, but my kids like it. Get a little disco action going. Yeah, a little bit, like little scenes. Yeah, right? yeah, it's fun. Cool. So, um, I'm wondering, is there anything else from a, a renovation standpoint, from an, an electrically that you know we should share with people listening on the show? Like, definitely, definitely. If you are renovating your kitchen, you really want to make sure you have the right amount of circuits. Um, I've been a lot of times people have redone their kitchen. They put tile backsplash, this and that, and they didn't touch their electrical. And now they're, they're oh, uh, 
we don't we don't have a plug on this counter because you know they moved they moved they added a wall but they didn't add any receptacles so trying to do it after the fact is that you it's it's a headache it's it's it costs them more if you just to do it properly yeah, in, in the beginning right yeah um sure. bathrooms as well gfi make sure you have gfi which is a ground fault receptacles you know proper lighting um in your in your washing as well exhaust fans um, make sure you have a lot of airflow out um you know make sure your bathroom fans work um which will help eliminate mold and staleness in the house um oh, and, and also you can have the bathroom van, but outside of your purview, let's make sure that it's actually vented outside and not just into the attic. We've been there, done that. We've seen a lot of that kind of action yeah. in the past, yeah. and that's not a, a pleasant surprise. Let's just yeah, throwing, throwing more air into uh, into the into the attic space is not the best idea. No. no. Um, yeah. So, I mean, ideally, from a safety standpoint, we want to make sure everything is up to snuff and your like you say your gfis and all that kind of thing so yeah, yeah and you want to make sure you have a conversation with your contractor um your, your electrician and your general if you're if you go in that route um to make sure that the things are done properly um things are done for by code um you know it's i always recommend getting a permit um at least there's a there's people sign off on it and it's, and it's done Especially, you know, in uh, in renovations where if you're if you're throwing, you know, 50, 60 k into a kitchen or more, do it properly. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. That's it. Yeah. Just do it properly. Then why are you cutting why are you cutting corners on, uh, on a couple grand on on, a, on on updating your electrical if you have to, right? And again, maybe look at the panel, make sure the capacity is good and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well. This has been fabulous having on the show today, Michael. Um, oh, if, thank you. If a listener wanted to reach out to you and and um, engage with you to help them with some of their electrical needs, how would they go about doing that? Uh, you, well, you can reach us directly on our website, uh, www.pwpc.ca, and there's a form that you could request a booking or get us to contact you. Um, it tells us a little about our, our, our business as well. Um, and if, uh, you know, if you want to talk to Brandy for other jobs, you can do that too. Um, but yeah, it, nice plug. Uh, uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a, a lot of it is, uh, is web-based and referral-based. So, um, yeah, go from there. Yeah. You call me, you can put my phone number in, in the, in the, in the, ca in the captions if you yeah, want. The show notes. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so before we close out the show, I always like to ask our guests a couple of fun questions. Okay. The first is, what would you like to change or renovate most in your own home? And I'm laughing here because we've just helped you with a little bit of a reno at your own home. But yeah, exactly. what, what else at your house would you like to change? Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, there's a couple of things. The, the exterior would be nice. And then the, a nice uh, garden. And the deck. Redo your deck. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, garden, gardening and uh, landscaping, you know, uh, but really the exterior at this point is probably where, where I have to put some more TLC into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I already know that you're handy. So what is your favorite tool to use? My favorite tool to use? Um, I, you know what? I, 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 like, I like saws. I like cutting things. I, and hammers and saws are, are always fun. Uh, you know, when you get, my favorite part of, of renovation is the demolition. So uh, <laughs> you get the you frustration. Know, it's, yeah. it's amazing how satisfying that is. A lot of people say that the, the demo is the most. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 it's all good. 
Well, you also feel like you're just off to the races. Stuff is is happening now. And then yeah. you know, the drudgery yeah. of like the actual rest of the finishing of the project always gets a little bit challenging. Yeah, the, near the end, it's like, uh, but you, you know, it's it's not done until the last screw's in there, right? So yeah, last yeah, covers sure. on. So anyway, okay, again. It's been fabulous having you on the show. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. I know you're a really busy, busy man. So um, oh, my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Thanks. All right, everyone. Ciao for now. And we'll see you on the next show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for all things renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.